Hello, I'm Rhonda Nowak for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. This is The Literary Gardener for August the 6th, 2021. The topic this time is Turn Your Garden Notes into an Eco-Poem. Perhaps if we write well enough about our endangered coast and forest, deserts and streams, marshes and mountain lakes, we might see the world clearly enough to protect our beautiful, wounded world and help it heal. Dana Gioia in Fire and Rain, Eco-Poetry of California, 2018. With this statement, I think California Poet Laureate Dana Gioia effectively captures the ambitious and hopeful project of eco-poets. Her remark is partly in response to poet W.H. Auden, 1907-1973, who turned away from writing as a form of political activism and famously concluded, poetry makes nothing happen. On the contrary, Gioia and other eco-poets are optimists, even though their poems often depict nature's injuries. They believe poetry that focus, focuses on the environment can make things happen to heal and protect the earth and stop things from continuing to happen that further degrade the earth and its resources. In the Eco-Poetry Anthology, 2013, co-editors Anne Fisher-Worth and Laura Gray Street also discussed the potential of eco-poetry to shift the way people experience the natural world. They write, Poetry returns us in countless ways to the world of our senses, awakening our dulled perceptions and feelings. This is the power of all poetry. With regard to the environment, it is particularly the power of eco-poetry. Some of my favorite poems in Fire and Rain feature gardens as ultra-local landscapes that are uniquely situated in the environment as part nature, part human. Our garden notes and the pictures we take can provide inspiration for writing eco-poems if we are inclined to use our close observations and creative energies this way. For example, in Flux, Jim Dodge describes the merging of cool coastal air with valley heat. Then he notes the effects of the thermal exchange. And the wind comes up. Down in the garden, the stalks of the sunflowers quiver, bowed seed heads ready to spill. I like the way Dodge starts off with a technical explanation of heat exchange and then ends with a poetic stanza about sunflowers. In her poem, Tangle, Grace Marie Grafton closely observes how plants in a woodland garden respond to the summer solstice. To show leaves, to court light, wild ginger's slick spade-shaped gleam, tripling, quadrupling above humus, dime-sized scoops of violet leaves, snakes of wild grape, clinging morning glory, bracken's rattle, rusty-haired fronds uncurling lewd digits. Grafton uses enjambment running one line into the next without punctuation to create the feeling of entanglement in her poem. Kim Roberts vividly describes the invasive weed syndicate in her garden. 
Here's what she writes about the ubiquitous shepherd's purse. A rude ring of lobed leaves cling to the bottom of the stem, and from this stage the actors rise in heart-shaped pods and strip to white petticoats by the open road. Roberts also uses enjambment, this time to embellish a sense of the weeds' encroachment. Whereas Roberts writes from the perspective of an overwhelmed gardener, Abby Chu gives voice to a tiger beetle in a poem written for her two daughters. The beetle beckons, look for me, my bright green back and white spots. I'm scary looking, maybe, to little girls like you. When you see me that first time, I am a surprise, but I'm also a gift, just like the two of you. I can picture mom explaining to the girls that the gift of tiger beetles is that they eat insect pests in the garden. Christopher Buckley writes about drought and hope in his garden. Winter, 80 plus degrees, all the roses cut back to sticks as if we could forecast some bright future, some hopeful outcome months away. Ruth Nolan also writes about drought and hope in her desert garden in Old Woman's Springs. Every year you keep the garden, protecting baby rabbits from the claws of hawks, knowing the June sun will burn the flowers while coyotes mourn from the, rag from the jagged rocks. All of the eco-poets in Fire and Rain, whether writing about their gardens or larger landscapes, begin with nothing more than their careful observations and faith that the process of writing will help them see what they have seen more clearly. Co-editor Lucille Lang Day writes in the appendix, Ever since poets have been writing, they have been intuitively linking an awareness of the environment to their quest for the divine. Poets and gardeners have a lot in common. My gardening to-do list this week. It's harvest time in my garden. I'm harvesting beans, tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers, garlic, shallots, and onions. My favorite crop this year has been the marble-sized champagne bubbles tomatoes that I eat right off the vine. I try to stay inside during these particularly smoky days. It's a good time to write an eco-poem about the challenges of gardening in smoky conditions. I'm saving a few garlic heads to replant in the fall. And I've got a nice crop of grapes this year. Time to cover them with mesh bags to protect them from the birds. And that's it for the Literary Gardener this time. Thanks so much for listening and happy gardening. <laughs>